Welcome to the Old Dog New Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff West, and I'm going to spend some time talking about tech and looking at how the old dog ways really are all that old. I'm going to look at some integration ideas, discuss some successes and failures, and show you that it's really not about being perfect, but it's about being patient when it comes to integrating technology. I'm a high school educator, been teaching music band for most of my career, but I am a a big tech enthusiast, and I really enjoy uh, researching and finding answers and ways to integrate tech that don't take up so much time. Let's get going. Episode 28 of the Old Dog New Tech Podcast. I am Jeff West, and welcome to you. Happy Thanksgiving. It's right around Thanksgiving time. Actually, it's past Thanksgiving, heading into December, end of the trimester. Kind of crazy time, I guess, if you're a student who has finals this week, or maybe you've put things off. I've procrastinated myself. But that's not what this episode is about. I'm just saying, this is where we're at. This week, this week, this episode, I'm going to talk about um, using Google Drawing and Sites to create an interactive experience, or at least personalize. Interactive is one of those words one of my two words this year. I'm continuing with reflection being a word. I'm trying to incorporate tech to enhance the reflection piece because I think that's so important. And I'm also, though, trying to make the reflection pieces or any pieces I have just a little more interactive, a little more engaging. I find those to be more engaging. So this week I used Google Drawings. Uh, to create a couple of things, and I've been using them to send out email, create PNGs and send out email that are a little more visual, shorter, uh, you know, goes along with the text, shorter messages instead of long texts, something quick and easy, Uh, well, not always easy, but quicker to read, and then I provide a link if there's more information needed. So I thought, hey, you know, if I can create these PNGs, and in Google Drawing, you can link things to the images. And Sites is uh, integrated so well with Google Drive. Just you put the drawing in there. Uh, you know, Sites has a lot of tools to it, but there's some some limitations, I think, that you can kind of overcome. Um, kind of. I mean, obviously, if you knew how to code and just create your own website, that's that puts you in a different, a different realm, I guess. But in my realm, the realm of not knowing how to code, uh, using something like Google Drawing to create a unique type of instrument that could be more interactive and that can be placed in a Google site, that's where I'm. That's where I'm living right now. That's what I'm ready for. So I began experimenting with them. You use images or colorful shapes or text boxes. 
and you can put links. You can link each of the shapes or text boxes, or you can link the entire thing, but obviously that wouldn't be as useful. So you'd want to kind of create your own little mini web page inside your Google site web page. Now, why the Google site? Because that would be give you the option to create multiple pages, multiple locations. So basically you could within your page, your Google site, create several different drawings and then title each of those areas depending on what you're teaching. I don't know this, I'm just spitballing. I'm just spitballing for what you could do. What I did was uh, just one drawing with three or four images. And I try to make those images go along with the text or the purpose, you know, so if I'm going to, I'm going to kind of simplify, just give you an example. If I'm going to some place about tires, then I might use a circle or might actually find an image of a tire and put that in my Google drawing. And then I would link just to that tire. And then maybe I'm going to do something about um, birds or baseball or something. And in each case, you can create a separate text box within this Google drawing and put that image and title it, put some text in there. So now in sites, you can do this, but it's a little bit different. So all I'm trying to do is give you a little more freedom for personalization because um, we know that's more engaging and it can be very interactive. You can change that up. Um, so in this episode, I'm going to talk about how I do this, and I'm going to talk about why. I'm going to give you some statistics and revisit um, a blog post that I talked about in a previous episode that was talking about text and images. So here we go, episode 28, Google Drawing and Sites. So I created some Google drawings with images and colorful text boxes and te shapes and um, a sketch or a doodle. You can always doodle and you know choose the doodling, scribbling uh, tool up out of the draw uh, toolbar, tool menu, however you want to look at it. And I, uh, after I've created this, uh, I can link. Control K, and you can link um, a website, or maybe it's another presentation, or um, uh, you know whatever it is that you have, you can link it to those images or doodles or text boxes, and you make them as small or as large as you'd like. You can make them as, and you know if you want to use a particular shape and divide it like a pie or a chart or a table or maybe just some mind map type of thing with some circles connected to each other. You can do that with the Google Drawing. You might want to make a great big text box and put it behind everything of one color, maybe two. I don't know. You, you can be pretty creative. I mean, Draw will let you do just about anything that you want to do. Or maybe you have something you want to insert. You know, you could always create um, a slide or a doc or something and download it as a PNG and insert it in the, the drawing. Um, there are many, many opportunities, many, uh, many ways to personalize or customize this. It's, it's up to you. But once you get that done, you know, make sure that you save it 
title it, save it in your drive, put it in a shared folder, a folder that says anyone with the link can access the contents in that folder, so that way when you put it wherever you put it, you don't have to you know, worry about doing the sharing permissions. It will be ready to go. And you can then go to your Google site and you can create a new site or maybe it's one you already have. You just add a page, whatever. And since Drive is so nicely integrated with sites, you should be able to find that drawing and insert it, make it as large or small as you'd like. Maybe find a, a an image to put as the background on the website so that it's more presentable, more keen to the eye, I guess. Something you can see sharp draws the eye. I don't know. Explore with that. I guess I'm just throwing some things out there to try to promote and get your creativity flowing in your head. What could you do? What are those? What's, what's keen? After I said it, I'm like, okay, what is keen? But you know what? Answer that for yourself. What is it? Is it sharp? Is it not sharp? What is it? The time-consuming part uh, really does concern how familiar you are with Google Drawings and Sites. So if you take some time and you explore both those tools, you'll probably catch on pretty quickly, particularly if you feel like when I'm talking to you, what I'm talking to you about, or in my past couple of episodes, I did a, a another focus on drawing and Sites that it might fit the needs of your students, then you're, and you want to learn about it, you're going to be pretty motivated. You know, don't, don't go into this because, well, I feel like I have to look at, no, then it's clearly not the tool. You know, if this is, if you're just doing it because you feel like you don't, you're, you're not being a good teacher. That's not the case. You're not being, you know, with the whole, first off the whole term, good teacher. That is, uh, I just, I don't even bother to go there because I've seen some teachers that I don't particularly, uh, adhere to their, ways of teaching but they still communicate with the with their students and the students still respond so you know i mean i think we get a little too hooked on that good thing so don't let that bother you if this is something you think is going to enhance the learning of your students or enhance you your productivity you know i when i talked about google drawings in the previous episode i i talked about making it a png and sending it home as an email or putting it um, using slides and um, drawings to create daily agendas and create those images that, again, we're talking about the connection. And why is this important? Because of what we know, and you probably know this too, but and so maybe this episode is just a reminder, but what we know about text along with images or images that go along with the text. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I started because I wanted my students to reflect and I wanted to make it interactive because I know that if they're doing that along with the reflection, that along with the image enhances the learning. It's a lot there. Enhances the learning along text and images with reflecting and interaction. So if you take some time, you might need to find a video maybe on YouTube or you can um, 
maybe find another blog post if that's the way you do it, or maybe you find a colleague that has used this. Uh, maybe you email me and say, I'm interested in doing this and I don't know anybody. Can you, you know, I can connect with you. We have some options there. I'd love to do that. I also like to know what, what you're going to do with it. So sometimes that helps me put a little wrinkle in my teaching because of what your inspirations are. So you can make the drawing as personalized as you want. And of course, you can always embed or link a website or insert a Google Doc or slide into a Google site that kind of does what the drawing's going to do. But the option that using Google Drawings with the site gives you another more customizable way because you can really, you start with that blank checkerboard uh, slate in a Google Drawing. And from there, you can add every little detail of what you want, size of font, you can tilt it, you can, it's just a, it's really pretty much wide open for your use versus not so much in some of the other apps. Still good, still probably meet the needs, but the Google Drawing does everything that, say, a slide or a form would do as far as presenting. You can insert videos. You can insert anything. You can also put a link to a form. I know forms have different, you know, links. The collecting of the data that would be a big difference between forms and slide. Uh, excuse me, and drawing. But as far as freedom to create with images, text, drawings, um, this is the tool for you to personalize in that in that way. I also want you to think about giving students the option to create with this. You know, give them the information you want them to learn and give them some choices and make one of them Google Drawing. Uh, letting them create images associated with the content may enhance your learning. And in fact, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that it will. And in the next segment, I'm going to talk about why. Why I'm pretty sure of that. But using Google Drawing and Sites along with the other tools, you know, is give facilitate that learning. Um, sometimes it's difficult to facilitate learning because the tool you give the students has like two or three choices, or they're only really aware of two or three choices. And those are probably are the best choices. But Google Drawing has, uh, has a lot of choices, a lot of oh, uh, creativity prob uh, possibility and a critical thinking, and then, of course, how they communicate. And uh, you can collaborate on a drawing. All of that can still be done since it's a Google app. So think about using that as a tool that you give your students to use to create and learn the content that you want them to learn. That combination of text and images is going to enhance the learning. And so let's uh, let's go into that next section. Why? Why does it enhance learning? What do we know? There are many, many studies that support the use of images along with text to enhance learning. Uh, text alone or images alone are not as likely as the combination of the two um, to enhance learning to help, help your students learn. But um, I wanted to uh, go to the Visual Teaching Alliance and read you some statistics 
So I think are always good to review. Maybe you know these. Some I was familiar with, but some not so much. So I'm just going to take a minute here. Here we go. Approximately, according to uh, a mind tool study in 1998, approximately 65% of the population are visual learners. Now, this would suggest that you give a lot of credence to, you know, the different learning styles. Some people are question it. I think it is uh, good information to consider and not necessarily, you know, formulate your entire curriculum based upon that. But I think it's something to be aware of that you should incorporate. Another fact pointed out on the website, by the way, this will be in the show notes, the link to this website. 90% of the information that comes to the brain is visual, 90%. Moreover, um, the next fact, and that comes from a 2000 study. Another fact, 40% of all nerve fibers connected to the brain are linked to the retina. 40%. Wow. A Jensen study, 1996 as stated in the visual on the visual teaching alliance link that i put down there uh, in my show notes our eyes can register 36000 visual messages per hour from the same jensen study in 1996 wow 36000 no wonder my eyes are tired at the end of the day. That was a joke. All right, lastly, the brain processes visual information 60,000 times faster than text. Sorry, there was a typo in the website there. 3M Corporation 2001 study. I wonder how did they, how did they decide that? One, two, three, four. They're counting. Yeah, we'll counter. Perhaps they're just looking at synapse and how many times it processed and moved through that. But still. Further research suggests that memory and learning are enhanced by remembering where the images and texts were learned. So it's possible that knowledge learned in the classroom could be remembered or recalled in another location through memories. Now, this comes from a blog post. And so sometimes for me, I had to read it two or three times. It can be a little difficult to understand. So I'll try and just kind of, you know, give you the bits and pieces. But before I do, I want to go earlier in that same post. This comes from... Um, a March 28th, 2018 post by Flavia uh, Schechtman Bellum. Sorry if I totally butchered that name. Doctor, Chief Scientist, Seneca Learning. She uh, states in their blog post at the beginning, and again, I have used this blog post before. Um, because I think it, it helps me. I understand it, so hopefully I'm explaining it so you can understand it. As an example, she states here in her blog post, imagine you are talking 
about parts of the brain, brain, not the brain, but the brain, to a class of 14-year-old students. You can extensively describe where the cerebellum is located. But uh, as soon as you're done trying to get all their attention back, uh, it's not going to, but it's not, that's not probably not going to work. I think it's probably going to be easier and more effective, she says, to exchange part of the verbal description with a diagram that's provided here in the blog post, with any diagram, really. So our working memory is formed by verbal and uh, visual spatial components. When we manage to combine the two, understanding is facilitated. That is, images enhance learning when they com complement the text. When they don't, we end up overloading the components, reducing our working memory performance. So if you have an image up there and you start talking about something else or image and text and then you start talking or adding, you could be overloading the brain. I think maybe that's a, a most of the time thing, but I think some people may operate that way. You give them the pictures, I mean, you know, doctors, lawyers, I mean, and not everybody's perfect at it. Teachers do that. I think professional athletes, I'm, I'm sure judges, I'm sure there's plenty of, of other careers that I'm not naming that are looking at pictures and text and listening. And I'm sure, as science would show, they don't get it perfectly perfect, but uh, you know, if they're functioning at a high level, they're going to do a pretty good job. And how would you get to that level? Sometimes we're wired that way, I think. But I think sometimes if you get that practice at it, uh, you know, how many times have we seen the beginning teacher becoming the experienced teacher, lawyer, doctor, professional athlete? You're processing quicker because you've learned the system or created a system. I think it might be interesting to look at at some point. I'm talking about text and images. So, recently though, she says later in her post, researchers investigated if the same effect would be found when participants mentally recreated their study environments during testing. <clears throat> so, and she's talking about a memory experience. She says... Um, as participants to memorize a list of words, two condition and two conditions, one dry land and the other while scuba diving. So they're saying, and they remembered those that were on the dry land remembered their terms better than those that scuba diving underwater. So they're saying that the environment has a lot to do with the memory and where they learned it. So the third study they're trying to say if if um, if the people being studied the Oh my gosh, if the research suggested that if you envision where you learned this text at or where the or what the picture no no where you learned the text at with the once you see say the picture or the word, if your memory works or is is enhanced, your learning. So the results of the experiment showed that when the study and test locations matched. Performance significantly improved, although finding nice, pardon me, let me go back to my reading. Although this finding nicely replicates 
earlier investigations, there was another fascinating discovery. The effect did not differ between the physical and mental image. So in other words, in those trials, the benefits of imagining a location were comparable to the benefits of experiencing the location again. So if you learn something in a particular location and then you go back there, or if you go back there and take a test on that information, or if you go to another location, but imagine that you are back in that original location that you learned it in, they're saying that the results were were similar. Again, this is the text and images, though. So you're using pictures and words, words and pictures associated with each other. So going back to this is why I've been searching for something like, say, the Google Drawing with Google Sites and something that doesn't take a lot of extra clicks, might take a little time to get used to like any new tool does. But once you do, then you can really apply the science that I'm talking about, the science that we've learned. So lastly, the blog post, she says, this may be good news for schools. It's likely that the diagrams, images, and photos used in class to teach a particular content will help students remember that content during the exams, even if they no longer have access to the image during testing. So, why should we use text and images? We know that we are visual learners. We all are because of just the way the eyes and the brain uh, is, is associated with memories. So, but again, it comes back to that time aspect. How much time do we have to learn this tool and apply it? And hopefully the Google tools that I'm talking about here, or maybe you have another one, don't cost you any more time or feel make you feel like it's slowing you down so much that it's not effective. And when and it may be effective for your students, but if it takes you so much time that you're on one lesson that your other lessons you cannot use it, then it's I'm not sure that, you know, until you kind of work with it for a little bit, till you're more comfortable with it. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, that that's a useful piece of technology, that that's going to be meaningful integration. It's going to be meaningful when it is meaningful to you and your students pick up on that and you're able to integrate it in such a way that it enhances learning. And if you're spending all your time just figuring out what to click or how to draw or how to link and uh, and it doesn't really, you don't get, really get a chance to use it all that much, then this isn't the thing for you. But I think that the I, that perhaps if it's not, you want to look at the whole idea that if your students are having trouble learning some content, can you put some text and images with it? Can you just put some images and have them put the text? Can you give them the text and say, I want some images? Then do a little research. How'd they do? Are you see any improvement? I think you're going to. I do. This week's tech tip. This week. I always like to say this week. is this episode's tech tip. Tech treat. Yikes. 
tech treat for this, this episode is Padlet Mini Extension for Google Chrome Browser. If you're a Padlet user, this is a great extension. This extension will allow you to sign in and stay signed in to the Padlets that you use. And when you click on the extension, which appears up in the address bar there to the right of the address bar, the URL bar, you click on that, a drop-down menu showing your latest Padlets that you've used or a Creation Plus button takes you right to your Padlets so you can navigate very quickly. That is Padlet Mini. Link is in the show notes along with the blog posts and a couple other references that I used this week. Uh, this episode, um, and I hope that it was helpful to you to talk a little bit about Google Sites and drawing, and go to get that Google uh, get that Padlet Mini extension for your Chrome browser. You can use the link, or just go to your App Store and search Padlet. It'll come up. You take care now. This has been the Old Dog New Tech Podcast with your host, Jeff West. I hope you enjoyed your time. And remember, with EdTech integration, it's about being patient and not perfect. <laughs>